Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And the show is for anyone that has a super strong passion for making people healthier in this world. And I'm really excited to have Megan Aldrich on the show. So Megan is the Vice President of Operations at Rochester Regional Health. They're doing some great stuff. She's done some great stuff. She's doing some great stuff. I'm not going to steal her thunder, though. (laughs) Megan, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. Great to have you, and thank you so much for carving out time to do this with me. Um, as sure. you know, That's I love. Pleasure. Yeah, no, thanks for doing this, and I, I, I love background stories. I love the why. I love, uh, you know, kind of what the end behind things. And so maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your origin story, or you know, what are the series of events that went on throughout your life that have led you to where you're at today, Megan. Sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, So I did my undergraduate work at the University of Toronto, and I was a zoology major, uh, which at the time seemed to be better than undeclared, right? So I'm sort of drifting through (laughs) undergrad and, you know, I thought, oh, zoology, that seems about right. And uh, I remember having this moment where I was withdrawing fluid from the abdomen of a crayfish, you know, and I kind of look around and I'm like, is this going to be my life? (laughs) And the crayfish is sort of looking at me like, woman, make a decision, you know, but um, I remember really having this moment where I thought to myself, this isn't it. You know, I need to be closer Mm. to people. Um, I need to be closer to really thinking about how, um, you know, biology and the pathophysiology that I really loved um, was working in human beings. Um, And so I actually went into nursing. Um, I became a pediatric nurse and then later on a pediatric nurse practitioner. So my background is pediatric critical care, um, and emergency medicine. And so, you know, I really loved, loved that part of my life. Um, really, really enjoyed taking care of kids. And Mm. I think a big part of the reason that I love taking care of kids so, so very much is you see the impact that you can have not only on the child and their long-term trajectory for health Mm -hmm. and wellness and their relationship with healthcare, but you also see the impact that you can have on the family, right? right? Because what what won't a parent do for their child, right? And so when you can have that conversation around, hey, this is really how you can optimize health and well-being. Um, and oh, by the way, it works really well for you too, mom and dad. You know, mm. um, you can really see some some amazing and, and positive impacts. Um, but while I was a nurse practitioner, uh, I took my first leadership role leading a small NP team. Um, and that led to really, you know, multiple other opportunities, um, including most recently the chief nursing officer for our ambulatory specialties practices. Um, and then I moved into the VP of operations for women's health, which I just um, is such a fantastic opportunity for me. Um, I love what I'm doing every day, but I really feel like I have the opportunity to impact our community um, of women and their families, and that's really important for me. So um, I feel extraordinarily fortunate to be doing what I'm doing. Um, and then on the side, I've you know gotten to document that a little bit. Um, so I, you know I have my little Instagram page where I talk about being a balanced executive and integrating as leaders health and wellness um, into our lives. And how do we demonstrate that for the people that we work with? So not only can we impact our communities and help our patients to be healthy, but then how can we impact our organizations um, and really think about health as an organizational imperative? Um, and so that's been a lot of fun for me as well. 
I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I think so many, so much to unpack there, but you know, the, the kind of just the playback is, you know, you started in one place, it was almost directionally correct, but then you kind of honed in and isolated on humans, start off with children is super impactful, right? I mean, you change what's a, what's a blessing. I'm sure we, you know, d- the time that we have here doesn't serve justice, but you know, you've probably impacted so many kids that may grow up to save one person's life, impact other people's lives. It could be a, a country ambassador or a global ambassador, right? You know, and so it's it's great to, to see that, you know, almost like a teacher, right? You, you, you have one idea or make one impact. It makes so much more of an impact. And it's, it's great to see where you're at and, you know, your presence out, you know, on social media as well. And it's important to, 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 to say what you're doing at a doc. I love the word document as well, but, uh, so Megan, this is great. And, and, and along those lines, um, um, tell me a little bit about, uh, the present, you know, what has your fixation in health today? What has you excited in health today? Um, you, you've been exposed to so much and, and you're doing so much. I just love to hear on kind of your, your passions in health today. And what are you seeing? Um, just love to hear more about that. Sure, absolutely. You know, I think there are a lot of extraordinary things happening in healthcare today. And obviously, you know, what you're doing really exists to, to document some of that. So that's very exciting. You know, certainly what we're seeing overall um, is really a rise in integrated healthcare systems. So as we move more and more away from um, sort of the individual mom and pop shop of, you know, the small hospital and the small individual private practice, and really move toward larger healthcare businesses and conglomerates, um, the ability to impact very large swaths of the population in a positive way um, really becomes possible on a scale that we just weren't able to realize before. Um, And so when we think about modernization and standardization and really looking at the outcomes of our care on our patients, um, you know, we have a lot of power in that now um, because there are, you know, obviously we have the electronic medical record and big data and all of those kinds of things, you know, so we're really able to take a look at thoughtfully the care that we're providing to patients and make some very powerful uh, decisions about what we're doing and some powerful inferences around, you know, what's working and, and what's not working. So certainly mm-hmm. those integrated healthcare delivery systems are becoming more and more important. And I'm really excited to be a part of that. But then at the same time, as you sort of see these rise in very large healthcare systems, we're also seeing a movement of care into the home and really onto digital home-based platforms. And really, I think we're starting to ask ourselves, how can we care for patients at home or in the lowest acuity setting possible? And what creative opportunities can we leverage to provide care in really innovative ways that keeps the patient in the home, that keeps the patient with their families and really away from, you know, those healthcare, uh, you know, healthcare acquired infections and those kinds of things that we worry so much about when we bring a patient into an acute care setting. You know, again, we have that opportunity to keep folks out of the hospital. So really what that means overall is that we are increasingly patient-centered in our care, or, you know, certainly that's the goal to be, right? So, you know, when you look at medicine in so many ways, and perhaps it's a little controversial to say it, but medicine Mm -hmm. in so many ways used to be a pretty paternalistic system, right? Mm -hmm. So it Mm -hmm. was 
you know, the physician was sort of the the boss and they crafted the care plan and they delivered that care plan to the patient. And the expectation was that the patient then sort of jumped and did what the physician told them to do. And when you really look back historically, you know, there were all kinds of interesting historical practices around, you know, not fully disclosing the healthcare issue. And obviously this isn't recent history. This is, you know, more than 100 years ago when we felt like we needed to protect the patient from full knowledge of their healthcare condition and, you know, what might impact their condition. And so Mm -hmm. now we have moved so far forward into a place of how do we fully integrate the patient as a full partner in their care? Because the physician or the healthcare practitioner or any other, you know, whatever, um, modality healthcare is being provided. So whether that's by a physical therapist or a nurse practitioner, et cetera. So that person has the medical expertise, but it is really the patient who has the expertise in themselves, their own body, their historical response to medications and treatments, et cetera, and really what they're willing to participate in, right? Because I think you and I may have some very different perceptions about the type of treatments that we might like to receive during any particular illness episode. And so it's very exciting that what we're doing becomes increasingly patient-centered and becomes increasingly convenient. Um, Mm -hmm. So when we think about, you know, being patient-centered, we also think about being Mm consumer-centered. So patients, healthcare is a business and patients are our consumers. And so really we see other businesses in the free market get really excellent when they start to think about what does the customer want? I mean, Amazon is a fantastic example, right? Super customer centered. What does the, what does the customer want? And so healthcare will only get better um, when we start to think about what lives both in the boundaries of what does our best science tell us and what do our consumers want, right? So really in that Venn diagram, that's really where optimal healthcare is going to live. And so it's very exciting to be moving along in that direction. Um, and then really on top of that, to be thinking about, okay, so this is how we provide healthcare to individuals. Now, how do we shift to providing healthcare for whole populations? And what do the populations um, of people that we serve you know, really need from us? Mm. And I think, you know, just finally to add, you know, one little piece again, and this is really for myself that leaders and leaders in healthcare, um, we really have an opportunity and I would say an obligation to lead by example. Um, And so the day that I started telling myself, you know what, Megan, it is an organizational imperative that you stay healthy. You think better, you're happier at work. It's easier for you to problem solve Um, You know, there really are a whole host of benefits to me being a healthy person who's at work. But what I noticed is that when I started being transparent about my own health journey, my own health goals, the crazy things that I was doing on the weekend, and, you know, I want, I'm going to do a half iron this year. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the more I was transparent about those kinds of things, the more my team started doing those kinds of things too, because Mm. it became more and more a part of our culture that we are healthy. We take time to eat well. We take time to rest. I don't want you to answer your emails at 10 o'clock at night. I want you to be sleeping or with your family, you know, so um, leaders as health coaches and wellness coaches is an extraordinarily important concept to me. And I think, I don't know if that's current state or if that's future state, but, Mm. you know, regardless, I think that's an incredibly important crux of leadership, especially leadership in healthcare um, in the modern era. I love it. 
I love it, Megan. Yeah, you hit on so many different dimensions that are, you know, passionate to our listeners, to, to myself, you know, and, and it's, it, you get, yeah, it's interesting perspective. I've never thought about it in that way, but it is very true. You know, if you're in health and well-being, you need to view yourself um, as, a, as an influencer and your habits and your rituals um, are, you know, directly or indirectly coaching and saying something to others. And so it is important that the doctor practice what they preach, the CEO of a hospital practice what they preach, um, and, and that well-being is integrated as well. And, and I do see, absolutely, amen, um, the consumerization, personalization uh, of, of these experiences need to happen. It does pave the way, you know, for an interesting uh, future. Uh, Megan, you know, one question I always, along those lines, one, one question I always ask is, and I think you've touched upon it, is um, being in health. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about some of the, the daily, weekly, or monthly uh, health rituals or habits that you partake in to, to keep your engine going and for you to lead. Um, I, I just love to hear a little bit about that. <laughs> sure. I, I mean, you know, I'll tell you what I do, but then at the end of it, I think the only conclusion is that I'm <laughs> like a huge nerd. So for me, routines, so um, I have a really busy schedule and a pretty demanding um, work life. Um, and I also am a mom. I have two little kids. And so rituals and routines are important for me um, because forming habits uh, means that I'll do what I said I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every morning I, so I, I wake up at a particular time and that's slightly variable um, if there are other things going on, but generally I wake up around the same time um, and I do the same set of things every day. Um, so I drink a full glass of water. Uh, I have a cup of coffee. I grab my cup of coffee and I walk outside. Um, and mm. when it's cold, when it's hot, regardless, but even in the dead of winter, I walk outside, no jacket, bare feet, and I walk out and I stand on my front porch and I take a big deep breath mm. and I say, thank you for the day. And I open my arms out wide and like, I get cold, right? You get cold. Mm. But that moment when you're cold, you have this huge rush of energy and your body's like, yeah, I'm on, let's do this. Mm. So I've got my rush. I've got my hydration going. I've got my coffee. And then I head back inside, um, and I take just a couple minutes to do really just a brief meditation. Um, and that's really focusing on, um, you know, how does my body feel? How does my mind feel? Um, taking a moment to do a brief gratitude practice. Um, and then I do spend a couple of minutes journaling um, every day. Uh, and so sometimes that is where do I want to be in future state? Um, and how do I keep myself hungry for that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, sometimes it's where am I in future, you know, current state? you know, what's good about where we are in current state. And then, you know, I'm sure all of us, when we're journaling, we have those grumpy days where we're like, ah, super. <laughs> you know, that's like my grumpy, the grumpy journaling days. I definitely have those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then following that, I exercise. Um, unless I have an early morning meeting. So sometimes my days start around 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning. So if I have an early morning meeting like that, I don't hold myself to exercising. But um, most days of the week, I get in at least 30 minutes. So the goal is to get in between 30 and 60 minutes. And that's really, um, I'm a triathlete. So I do, wow. you know, kind of a multitude of different things. So I'll bike or I'll run or I'll um, swim or, you know, <laughs> lift weights, whatever kind of, <laughs> whatever works in that moment. I love it. I love it. No, it's pretty, um, I wanted to use the word intense, but it, it feels actually just right and correct. And so it's, it's great that you're serving as a it's a great template model. You're, it's very inspiring, your morning routine. And, and it's funny, that's the one thing that keeps people from waking up early 
is like, like you know temperature and cold uh, and you know just leaning into that the first thing that kind of gets you up and so wow in just 10 minutes there you got you got you know the ultimate way to start the day uh, most importantly gratitude and obviously that's that's super important so going outside expressing that grounding <laughs> the coffee the caffeine <laughs> that's brilliant i think i, I think that's uh that, that 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 sounds like a potential tiktok challenge in, in the making there but um but uh, megan this is awesome this is great thank you so much for sharing that um what else can you share with me just to kind of cap us off here for for the episode the future of health according to megan uh so we'll end off with a little big question or a big little question what does that future look like, uh, all things all things considered, and based on some of the things that we're, we're talking about here? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think when we're looking at healthcare, there is a lot of, there, there are a lot of potential directions that healthcare could move. Um, and I think it's really important to understand that when we're talking about healthcare, we're talking about healthcare in the context of we live in the United States in the U.S. economy, right? And so I think there are many other models for how to do healthcare in other countries that, you know, you could argue have their own pros and cons. But I think what you can't argue with is their health statistics, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is, obviously this is well known, but the U.S. does not perform well um, when we look nationally at our health statistics. Um, and so I think that big drivers of that have to do with the way that, we receive reimbursement for care. Mm. Um, and so really, if we take the opportunity to shift reimbursement for wellness promotion and not illness remediation, right? So if we're really thoughtful about how do we pay for care and how do we pay for large populations of people in a way that encourages healthcare providers and patients to engage much more thoughtfully and actively um, in health and wellness-based activities rather than in illness management activities, because we most certainly have made strides forward, right? We have done a better job, um, but we are not there yet. We are absolutely not there yet. And so I think that's a really important piece of the future state. But then along with that, I think, you know, we need to see a rise in sort of these multidisciplinary and non-traditional platforms for supporting wellness. Um, You know, so how do companies become healthier, Um, right? How do we sort of shift from insurance companies and large healthcare programs into how do we encourage companies um, to keep their employees healthier? And we've seen that the companies that keep their employees healthier and have a focus on health and wellness have higher productivity, lower turnover, right? Like there are a lot of dollars to be saved in that space. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways it's good business to keep your employees healthy. Um, and so I think the more we see on the corporate side um, of that type of work starting to happen, I do think that we can start to see some shifts there as well. Um, but then really on a personal level, um, I am fascinated by the science that's coming out between the relationship between the gut and the mind Mm. and what we eat and how we feel, the relationship between gut wellness and mental health. I mean, that whole field of science is just blowing up right now. And it is Mm -hmm. absolutely fascinating. And I think that we are going to learn an extraordinary amount. Honestly, much of it is going to be terrifying. I think that we're going to learn a whole lot (laughs) about what we put into our mouth and how it impacts us in the long run. And especially when we look at, you know, kind of the traditional American diet, the standard American diet or the SAD, you know, as people call Mm. it, we really start to look at what we eat and how it impacts us. 
again, I think there's just going to be more and more coming out and, you know, that will really be sort of a fascinating, a fascinating turn in how people look at their relationship with food. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to, you know, really continue to see that, um, come into its own. Uh, I love it. I love it. And I agree with, yeah, absolutely everything or, you know, support everything you're mentioning here. And it's, I mean, it's an exciting time in health and we need more leaders like you. We need more, you know, um, leaders that have that, that, that holistic mindset as well, but being able to ground the substance of reality of where healthcare has been, where is it going, but lots of opportunity in front of us. And I'm, I'm sure we're saying the same thing. Um, absolutely, Megan. Um, and, and so, yeah, and right there with you on the gut, you know, uh, go to, you know, who, who would have thought, you know, what you, you know, you are what you eat, right. Is coming full circle. The, the, the old, old, uh, saying, you know, and, and so, um, Megan, um, this has been super powerful to hear your story, to hear your passions in the future of health. And of course, uh, most importantly, what I always loved is, you know, the, the person or habits and rituals and mindset behind what ushers in, what you're doing and, and the future that you're focusing on. Um, my very last question for you is uh, reaching out to you. If our listeners would like to engage with you, reach out with you, say, um, you know, find you on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn. If you'd like any of that to happen, what would be a good way to connect with you? Yeah, um, folks are absolutely welcome to reach out to me anytime. I love hearing from people. Um, I am uh, at Megan Aldrich, Megan with an H uh, on LinkedIn. And then you can find me on Instagram at The Balanced Executive. So awesome. I do a lot of posting there about mindset and wellness and optimizing performance. Um, so we talk a lot about that there. So yeah, happy to hear from people anytime. Perfect. Perfect. Megan, thank you so much. This was powerful having you on. It was invigorating. Uh, and to our listeners out there, I'm sure they're going to find a lot of value and, you know, to our listeners, you know, definitely reach out, connect with Megan. Uh, Megan, thank you for, for being on our show. This was, this was great. Sure. Hey, anytime. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.